everybody. How's it going? This is Half Hour with Astro Theater Company today. We are here with a really amazing theater artist from Kansas City, a dear friend of mine, one of the funniest people in America, I'll say on record. Um, you've seen her work vocally and dramatically around Kansas City and maybe elsewhere. I don't know. Uh, she is the one, the only Morgan Walker. How's it going, girl? Hello, it's going well, darling. Good. What have you been up to, dear? Oh, you know, just in this little house of mine. <laughs> this little Sorry. house, a cage of my house. own creation, if you will. Yes, here in the heart of America, Kansas City, <laughs> the Chief's Kingdom. Oh, yes, that is big news that just happened last night. Well, this will come out in like seven calendar years. So, you know, <laughs> maybe we'll have played yeah. the Super Bowl by the time that we <laughs> that we release. Let me this. play profit. Yeah, I'm predicting a win. Mm, I am too, but I, I don't really keep up with sports. Everyone who listens is shocked that these two theater artists aren't dramatically watching sports, but um, that'd sports be fun. Ball. Two years in a row, why not? Yeah, I mean, it's been a rough year. Let's just repeat it. Let's just repeat the good parts, the highlights. Mm -hmm. Yeah, why not? And then the rest never happened. Wow, a year ago. We were so young then. What were you doing a year ago at the Super Bowl? Do you remember last year? <laughs> yes, a year ago at the Super Bowl, I had a show <gasps> um, in Portland, and it was a matinee on a Sunday. And I rode a bird scooter all the way from the theater to Yard House because um, there was one in Portland. And that was like the only place, well, the only place, the only large place that I knew would be playing the game. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I rode my little birdie down there. And um, <laughs> I watched with all the 49ers fans. Right. And they lost. Yeah. And that was embarrassing for them, but I had a great time. Super embarrassing for them. I'm sure you were a perfect gentlewoman about the, the news of the Chiefs winning. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Not screaming, yelling at all. No. J-Lo and Shakira, my gals. Oh, my we God. I almost forgot about that. Thank you for reminding me. Um, yes. A year ago at the Super Bowl, I was watching Emily and Wicked on Broadway. You were. Yeah, I had got the call. And was, she was going on for Elphaba. And so at intermission, I was like checking the score and I was wearing my Chiefs <laughs> jersey in a theater, which is maybe the most <laughs> Kansas thing I've ever done. Um, yeah. It was I a mean, very sportswear good day. is great. That is a crazy, like two really great things happening synergy in the yes. same spot. That's it was fantastic. It was, it was, um, a day I'll never forget, I think. Um, Morgan, what have you been up to? Well, I'm, I'm trying to think, like, what has anyone been up to? I mean- A lot of sitting around, a lot of like, I don't know, Bridgerton, um, you know? Bridgerton, <laughs> yes. Yeah, I've been watching just about everything there is to watch. Mm -hmm. um, and I've been making a lot of like, small little challenges for myself every week like this week i'm trying to like paint as much stuff as i can oh, so cool. are they like creative challenges or not necessarily of the creative realm 
just kind of like personal development, I guess. I mean, okay. I just kind of think, what do I need to do? What have I been distant from? So last week I just tried to do yoga like every day of the week. And this week, you know, I can do it if I want, but I um, actually got a piece of mail from my friend in Denmark. Um, and he sent me a book and I was like, oh man, this is awesome. Like next week, I'm probably going to try and read the whole book in a week. Oh, cool. I was like, I should send something back. Um, you know, what should I send? So I'm working on a little painting for him. That's so yeah. kind. Oh my God. This yeah. absolute like Pinterest Etsy urban outfitters dream of a mail exchange. Honestly. Yeah. The best pen pal ever. That's Ever. fantastic. Um, okay, so Morgan, you, you grew up in Kansas City, right? When did you start finding your way into, into the arts? Yes, so um, I grew up here and my mom and dad were like in the theaterish realm. My mom was a choir director and my theater, dad was- uh, Theater adjacent, if you will. Yeah, theater adjacent, definitely, yeah. Uh, my mom is a choir director and my dad was a band director and they've worked at like <clears throat> schools around like blue springs and harrisonville and ruskin and things like that um so they put me in dance uh, pretty much the second i could walk mm. um, dance class mm -hmm. um and i started learning piano whenever i was five so wow i've always kind of been pushed in that direction luckily i liked it um <laughs> i did play soccer in third grade who didn't you know sure um, that did yeah not we've all tried it yeah. once or twice yeah 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 i'm a devil on we sports okay don't mess with me <laughs> oh i i can slay tennis on we sports there was a time when okay. i like would get the super serve every damn time and that was <laughs> 2010 was a hell of a year for my wrists. I'll tell oh you my gosh, still recovering, still recovering. <laughs> yeah, I've got PT after this. Um, <laughs> so that, no, that's cool to like your parents, you know, growing up around people who are just like artistically inclined, but also educators, I imagine is like really cool exposure, but could also maybe lend itself to like some pressure of, you know, finding yeah. interest in the arts. The main thing, uh, for my brother and I, because um, he had to play piano too. Uh, it was more of an act of discipline. Um, like that was what was to be learned more so than the skill itself, uh, which I'm, I'm very thankful for because uh, piano is a very lonely activity. Everyone else is playing outside and you can hear them and you're in here practicing scales um, for 30 minutes or an hour, however long mom tells you to. <laughs> and with dance, you know, ballet is is just incredibly disciplined. And I, I I know so many dance teachers would agree with like just getting a little kid to stand at a bar and do what you're telling them to do is so hard because it's yeah. like run around playtime, you know, like mm -hmm. I'm out of the house, my mom Dress can't up. Be here, so yeah. yeah, yeah, you're in a tutu, you look kind of cute. <laughs> um, your friends are there. And so it it definitely taught me discipline both in my alone time and 
whenever I, I'm in a learning setting with other people, how do I need to act? How do I need to do what I need to do? Um, That's a great skill yeah. to instill in a child, I think. Just being able to like sit and calmly, you know, observe what's going on and also like the reward that comes with practicing something for a set amount of time a day can right. be, you know, exciting when you're a kid, especially because I feel like kids pick stuff up so quickly and it's like, mm -hmm. it can be inspiring for them to, you know, see what, you know, the fruits of their labor. Every kid like practically starts out a pro just because they have the confidence to do it. Yeah, right. Um, my favorite thing about little kids is just like that confidence. And I was pretty shy. So these were really, you know, a great way for me to meet friends and um, kind of come out of my shell a little bit. Um, but yeah, I, I did that. Let's see, I, I danced all the way through high school. I played piano mm -hmm. all the way through. I mean, I still play like for funsies now and sure. to keep my resume, you know, hey. a little back, but, uh, <laughs> Of course. Yeah. Um, once I got into middle school, um, I took on more instruments. So I learned how to play the flute in sixth grade and I was in jazz band playing the piano. Oh, fun. Uh, cool kids in the rhythm section, you know. Always the coolest kids in the rhythm <laughs> section, for sure. Over there smoking in like the sixth grade, smoking smarty. <laughs> like, yep, that man. <laughs> they have those candy cigarettes and they're just like yeah. hitting a triangle. Yeah. yeah. Totally playing off beat the whole time, but just grooving, just in it. Just like really vibing, like at the, <laughs> at the sixth grade band recital, you know? Oh my gosh, the best. Yeah. And um, yeah, then in eighth grade, I joined the marching band. Ooh, girl, yeah. I was there too. Ooh, it was a fun time. It was hot, but it was fun. It was, I was sweaty, <laughs> but baby, I got my steps in. So, okay, okay. My role steps. <laughs> yeah, I played the piccolo and uh, the xylophone or the marimba. Oh, fun. The xylophone. And then once I got into high school, I joined the drum line. So, Wow. I think my freshman year, I was like actively playing all three instruments in a school function like every day. Like I would I would play like flute and symphonic band, piano and jazz band, and then drums and drumline and marching band. Which so, was your which was your favorite? Um you don't have to pick a favorite. You don't have to have them. That's a really good question. I think I felt the most powerful playing drums because I like didn't know anything. I well, you know, nobody knows anything, but uh, <laughs> you know, I I like really that one was completely like self-taught. Like I just picked it up really quickly. So um, and nobody really started me on it. I was just like, I want to do this. So I'm just going to audition. And I made it and was in it every single year. Um, I think the flute was the one I worked the hardest at. Um, and I was really, I was really good at the flute. Um, okay. And it's so pretty. Yeah, and then piano is like the one that I was most comfortable with because I had just done it for so long. Mm. Um, but that was the most stressful because it, it's so hard. 
that that's probably the hardest instrument I play. It is hard. And also, I feel like when you're playing a piano in those settings, usually there's only one of them. So if you fuck it up, everyone's going to know that it was you <laughs> as opposed to like oh, a, yeah. a okay. flute or something. I would literally turn like... my volume down. <laughs> it's like, oh, this part's really hard. <laughs> you know, turn it back up. Okay, you accident are, you back. accidentally hit the like organ setting and you're just like, oh. <laughs> Like, take me to church, honey. Here we go. That was purposeful. Yeah. It was an artistic choice, okay? All right. Mm -hmm. I'm an artist. Uh, that's fantastic. I, uh, my marching band experience was mostly, I hope my teachers are listening. I'm sure they're not. Um, was mostly based around, um, there was a week in the summer where we would learn the field show, like that we would do for halftime of the football game. And I mm -hmm. would like plot with my mother to plan our family vacation on that week every year so I always got to miss it yeah. and then I just came in like as the swing like at the beginning of school and I was like okay I'm gonna pick this up in two days all right let's do yep. it you know yep. but, I mean that shit's intense and in the middle of the July heat in Kansas I was not about to spend all day you know oh god I can't do it you're telling me yeah, band camp hardest mm -hmm. thing ever it's so hot you're standing on asphalt maybe turf and it's just like no water breaks. You have to be quiet. People are literally telling you what to do and where to go all day long. Mm -hmm. And yeah. sometimes that's before you even get the instrument. It's oh, that's that's heavy. Yeah, yeah. it is. It is heavy. But I will say, that's smart of you. <laughs> some, right. I will say in that like you know collaborative atmosphere, I did also learn like the the discipline and the this feeling that comes with like coming together as so many different individuals and pieces to make something bigger than yourselves, yes. you know? Um, yeah. And I was like quickly addicted to that feeling. And I think that transcends most artistic methods, whether it's dance or movement or acting or, you know, whatever. Usually it's like a group of people coming together to make something and like having a lot of fun and goofing off what, while that was happening. But then at the end of the day, like having the discipline to be like, okay, no, we need to get this shit together and we're going to make this happen was, I don't know. I like that you said it was addicting because that's exactly the feeling. Because when you're going through it, you're like, so-and-so is so annoying. Like this part's so easy. Why don't you get it? And then it's like, oh, I can't hit that. No, I'm so worried about it. You know, there's so many, well, at least in high school, these like tiny little bite-sized trials mm -hmm. that you go through and, and, it's almost traumatic like it's that traumatic part of high school where it's you're so stressed and your teachers are telling you it's life or death right and it's not right but it you know you get through it you get to opening night you get to like your first field show or your your big competition or whatever it is and you you just get to come out of it feeling good even if it went terribly because yeah. you you know, you yeah. finally made it to the point and it, it is an addicting feeling of like, I'm, I'm really addicted to completion. I love completing a task, checking something mm. off my list. That's and, a really good uh, feeling. Very satisfying. But there's oh, also, yeah. I think, something addicting about being terrified and proud at the same time. And then once it's over, you're like, whether that went good or badly, I did that and I didn't die. Like I can, yeah. and I can do that again, you know, and I yeah. can be better next time. But this thing of like, holy shit, people are watching me now. I have to just do it. 
is like kind of terrifying. But then at the end, it's like, whoa, like I, I faced that thing. I didn't, you know, I didn't die. It wasn't bad. Or, you know, I can Hard learn from time's it. always the hardest. Yeah. In anything. I feel that way every time I do a new show at a new theater that I'm like not comfy with. Or um, I feel that way a lot with public speaking. Um, anytime I'm asked to like give a speech, which is not often, um, <laughs> but you know, like whenever they're like, okay, Hey guys, uh, who wants to take the, the like red cross bucket and like make a speech about what it's for. And I'm like, Morgan, it's your turn. And I'm like, Oh God, Oh God, Oh God. Yeah, like, yeah, what, yeah. what if I mess up? Like, there's no lines. I just have to riff like what Yeah. And you do it. And you're like, Oh. Yeah, I'll do it tomorrow night. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Me all the nights. Totally. Yeah, the stakes sort of keep going down as you get more comfy with it, you know, and you sort of realize, yeah. you know, I'm capable of much more than I thought I was. And also the stakes of this don't have to be so high, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. Okay, so what have you been up to? Like, what were you up to pre, pre-panny, pre-pandemic? What was your creative life <laughs> like? And how did that change? when Miss Rona came into town? Yes, yeah, so pre-pandemonium, I was, <laughs> I was, um, oh God, what was I doing? I had just, I was living in New York. I was living in New York. Mm. And I couldn't help but wonder. <laughs> and uh, I went to Portland, Oregon to do a show. I did Schoolgirls or Mean Girls or the African Schoolgirls. Schoolgirls or the African Mean Girls play. And uh, I had just the best time. Um, so, 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 so much fun. Um, I was revisiting the role. So, you know, different sort of perspective on it. And then I went back to New York, back home, and had like four good weeks of figuring out what's next, auditioning. And then uh, Miss Rona happened, but I just want to say I had a lot of Broadway-worthy auditions. Mm, yes, um, you did. I, I don't doubt it. I like to think I would be on Broadway right now if it weren't for the pandemic. So absolutely. Um, but yeah, no, I, I actually was like having a really fun time, uh, coming like still riding the high of coming back from a show. Yeah. You know, kind of having that revalidation of like, okay, I know you've just done 160 auditions back to back and no one's called you, but like you're doing a show, people call you, people like you. Mm. <laughs> and um, yeah, it, it's just nice to go back and uh, still audition, still be told no, but like. But to be able to audition at all, damn, you know, what a gift oh, we had. <laughs> in person? Oh my God. <laughs> God, take me back. Take me mm -hmm. back. Yes. Put me in a room with 105 girls, please. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and and I, I had just turned equity too. So I was like, just beginning to reap those benefits of, totally. uh, uh, you know, signing up online, having a time slot, showing up and leaving and going to Taco Bell Cantina, you know? Oh my God. <laughs> Not the Taco Bell Cantina, Morgan. Yeah. Okay, tell me this. Do they or do they not have Baja Blast Margaritas? Did I just I think mean, of that? I've been thinking about this for years. Why Taco Bell doesn't do that? I think you can turn anything into a margarita, you know? Okay, 
sort of raining on my parade, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> the answer I, should be yes. If it's a no, it should be yes. And where are the potatoes? Bring the potatoes back. What is I, this? Read, re, I read a headline, thank you, that they were coming <laughs> back. And yes, that is the kind of news that is targeted to me on social media. <laughs> um, not that I can eat them anyway, but it's nice to have the option, you know? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, okay, anyways, so when did you find your way back to Kansas City in the midst of the of um, the pandemic? Right. So um, as you know, I had a vacation planned mm. and I was going to go to Florida of all places and a state of dreams. Oh, honestly, <laughs> is that what they call it? No, it's the isn't Florida the sunshine state? That sounds right. That's Listeners, I mean. tweet in and let us know what state Florida is. I could Google it, but I don't want to. No, 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 no. It's not worth it. It's not mm -hmm. worth it. Um, My guess, guess number two is Alligator State, but I don't think that's right. Florida Man State. <laughs> <laughs> See, yes, exactly. Um, so uh, I'm, I'm guessing that didn't happen. Your, your trip to no, the Alligator State. Yeah, so I canceled that flight real quick. Mm -hmm. And then it seemed like within days, the city just... The fuck was out. threatening to shut everything down like transportation um i wasn't planning on coming home i was gonna stay and so i went to my local grocer and like everything's gone there, yet there's a long line um <laughs> and so i bought whatever canned stuff i could and brought it back home and then like two days later, I was like, yeah, fuck this. I'm out. I got to go. I got to go. Mm -hmm. He's calling. I want a yard. I want my dog. Like I, yeah. my I was really like kind of homesick at that point too. Cause I left for the Portland gig on Christmas day. Mm. Um, so yeah. I kind of missed out on like the fun part and I had just had my wisdom teeth out. So I was just another you know, level, baby. Christmas was different. <laughs> and <laughs> And I, you know, Chiefs had just won the Super Bowl, so I couldn't go to the parade or like yeah. celebrate Casey like I wanted. Oh my God, that and parade was such a fucking super spreader bonanza. I know. Imagine that. Imagine that. I can't. How bizarre. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, I, I booked a flight like pretty much within days and came mm -hmm. back home, packed for three weeks stayed for three months mm -hmm. and then my lease was up so i went back to new york packed up my stuff put it in storage and um came back home back so to the heartland months. yeah yeah and what has your creative life looked like during the pandemic um you know a lot of self-projects mm -hmm. i it was nice to kind of take a step back from theater um, I definitely went through a grieving process of like, what am I going to do? Should this I pick a new job? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, what, when is this going to happen again? Like, when am I going to get to do the thing again? Mm. And I was like, I think everyone kind of went through the, we're going to come back and be bigger and better than ever. So I was like, you know, working on new rep, reading as many new plays as I could, um, you know, I, I participated in a couple of readings um, and I did uh, MTH's 
musical Monday and Tuesday online, which was super, super fun. Yeah, that those rooftop um, videos are gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was an awesome one. Um, and I, I've been working on some commercials and some film work, which that that honestly has been really fun because I before the panty, I just never felt like I had a ton of time to dedicate and jump into that because it is a lot of self tapes. Yeah. Um, regardless of whether there's a pandemic or not. Mm -hmm. And so that with theater and working a job, it just was all like, okay, I have too many things going on at once. So I, I kind of put that on my back burner, but it's been really nice. It pays really well. Mm. Um, and I'm having a great time with that when those pop up. Uh, but yeah, it's mostly just been trying to find other avenues of creativity. Yeah. Um, I have just really realized that I am a creative person. Like there's certainly no doubting that. And whether it's like gardening or painting or building something for the house or playing music or even cooking and other stuff like that like yeah. can be really creative and, and nice outlets that I have sort of leaned on during this time definitely like just making something like making something for myself to enjoy having that completion mm -hmm. having um you know like just something that didn't exist until you made it and I love yeah. that that's like one of my favorite favorite things yeah uh, making something out of nothing totally yeah i feel like yeah. during the pandemic i've been able to let myself off the hook in terms of like having to feel like this thing that i'm making is like perfect or um enough you know and my mantra my mantra has kind of become something over nothing you know because yeah. it's better to make something and try new things um even if you feel like they may not be perfect, then it is to just do nothing, you know, and right, something right. will have come from that one way or another, and you will for sure have learned something along the way. So I've been trying to like reorient my process creatively around that. Yeah, that's super, super relatable. Because um, I'm a person who I can get caught up in immersing myself in art and creativity and just really enjoying things that other people have created, which is so, so important. Um, and I, but I end up being really hard on myself about the things that I create. And it kind of spirals me into not wanting to create because mm -hmm. I, I feel like, oh, either I can't make something as good as so-and-so or like, oh, I'm doing this and it's going really well. I'm going to go do something else. I'm going to start another project. And now I have like all these half finished yeah. things that I, you know, that I have going on. And, and so it is nice to have something over nothing and nice to just create for creation's sake and like just make some ugly stuff too. <laughs> yeah, a lot of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pretty stuff is overrated for sure. So overrated. Show me your ugly art. Send yes. Text okay. yeah. it to be tweeted at me. Um, <laughs> um, Morgan, what does um, after we're you know able to gather again and we're all hashtag vaccinized, vaccin vaccinated. <laughs> <laughs> vaccinized immunized. um what what do you hope that theater looks like or is there an evolution 
during this period where we've been away that you hope, you know, we, we emerge from? I hope that theater is more mindful. I hope we're making more thoughtful things. Um, I know that big theater and by big theater, I mean like big pharma, you know, like Broadway, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, I feel like, I mean, yeah. we know it's commercialized. We know what's going to sell tickets, what's going to get butts in seats, that sort of thing. And that mentality trickles down. Mm. And I, again, with, creating something that's never been there before. I want to see more new stuff, more things that were just a concept and now have spawned into this really great work of art. Mm. Um, that isn't like something that already exists, you know, like a, not, not bashing anything, you know, you, you like what you like, but like frozen, you know, like that was already a movie and, and right. it, it's just really capitalized on. Right. Um, so I'd like to see more new things. I would like to see more black people, um, people of color. I would like to see more people of different sizes, shapes and sizes, um, doing different things, um, not playing old people or poor people. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, and I'll I, add to that, not, not playing something where the main conflict is their otherness yeah you know what i mean yeah that's weird to me like when i was growing up and i'm mixed so my mom is white my dad is black um that wasn't really i don't really remember having a conversation where they told me like hey in case you didn't know you're you're mixed you know like right or other you know and i really found that out through people and things telling me like picking um a, the, the little dot on the test that's like what race are you for the map test it's like mm. i don't know and so i'd ask my teacher and she'd be like well your dad's black so you're black and i'm like okay you know mm. sure and um i growing up i never really had anyone specify for me in my personal family like this is what you are and right. that this is what that means um there are certain things that were hinted to like well you're like your body type is different and your hair is different than so and so's and like that's why your hair won't do x y and z because it's not you know mm. you don't have white people hair whatever mm -hmm. and uh i think i find it kind of just strange like my inner child finds it very strange that we're still um kind of we're past the point of sharing these stories so other people feel like it's normalized and, and that it's something they can connect to. And I feel like we're at the point where we're like bashing people over the head with like, this is what you look like, so this is your story, or this is what you look like, so this is who you are. Hmm. And it's like, there's so much more to a person than like their past traumas or um their ancestral trauma or ancestral uh, familial things or yeah. the history of that culture you know like th there's just so much more nuance oh yeah more nuance and bring, bring nuance back <laughs> make theater nuanced <yeah>. again <laughs> 
No nuance November, no nuance 2021, <laughs> okay? Bring it back. We want it. We need yeah. it. I think that's yeah. vastly important and important for higher ups in those companies with resources to hear produce that kind of stuff. You know, it's not enough to yeah. make your season colorful. It's also you have to be mindful of how you're exploring those stories. Right. And and be mindful of where they fall in your theatrical season you know like are you only using those stories when you feel like they are expected you know black history month's coming up um i guess when this airs it'll be might be over might be last month or whatever but right you know i i think it's great the way we celebrate it by telling black stories but like why not tell black stories you know black 365 like all the time and and also like why is what it confined? Yeah. Why is it confined yeah. to the shortest month of the year? Seriously. Yeah. And and it's always something tragic and painful um, that happens. And I know that's part of conflict and that's part of a story, but you know, you can put black people in a comedy and mm -hmm. do that during Black History Month too. <laughs> you can employ black people more than just in February. We would love that. Um, yeah. Or any any person of color, really. I mean, I I see in all theater that we use people of color when it suits the theater in the theater season, mm -hmm. um, and that's just kind of old and tired. Like, aren't we past that? Like, don't we all kind of have a larger imagination? I mean, we all kind of do theater. Like, yeah. Just seems I think, old. I think that's fantastic. And you've made such great points about bringing thoughtfulness and nuance into, you know, into the future of theater and, and out of this pandemic, you know, and certainly during this pandemic, we've also experienced like a reignition of the Black Lives Matter movement. How do we incorporate everything we do from here on out into and infuse it with that, you know, method that that battle cry, you know? continue totally. to hold ourselves and everyone else around us accountable. Yeah. Yeah. I really can't wait to see it. Cause I mean, I think it'll be a slow evolution. I, I think the things that we're on playing wherever the, these pre-picked seasons are still seasons that people want to see and still shows that theaters want to do. Um, so I, I don't think that change will be immediate, but I, I hope, I would hope that people would be like, Oh, what we were doing. Yeah. This, like, wow, this whole not break, but this whole pandemic mm -hmm. has given us the time to stop and reset our goals, rethink our mission statements and um, reevaluate kind of where we're at. And I, yeah, I, I hope as actors, um, across the board, no matter what race, color, size you are. I, I hope that as actors, we can all start to kind of advocate more for that and for each other um, in the space, in the works, in the workplace and at auditions and anywhere you can, because, you know, it, it can't just be one person and it, and it can't just be one section or race or whatever. Like it, it has to be all of us. And um, mm -hmm. 
you know? Amen. Amen. All well, right. Morgan, thank you so much for taking some time to chat with us. We really, really appreciate your time and your energy. Um, where can we find you um, in, in the interwebs? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Reclanogram. I'm sorry, what was that? Hoobity hobbity, what did he? <laughs> um, Morgan Walker backwards. Ah. Uh. I uh -huh. love that. Okay, uh, Lemony Snicket herself in front of us. Hey. <laughs> oh my God, I forgot about Lemony Snicket. I know, we'll have to dive <laughs> back in. Um, okay, well, well, we'll post a little link so that people can find you. Um, yeah. Thank you again, Morgan. It was so good to catch up with you. I miss you so much and let's talk again soon, okay? Yeah. <laughs>